0: to the She Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Garland, CEO and founder of She Leads Media, a global media company dedicated to the advancement of women leaders and entrepreneurs worldwide. I'm also an adjunct professor at NYU and Rice University, where I teach on the topic of entrepreneurship. I'm a mom to two wonderful young men and married to my best friend in college. Join me each week as I dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women entrepreneurs and leaders. My hope is that these conversations and their advice will encourage you to put yourself out there and gain the visibility that you and all women deserve. We're all about stripping away the sugar-coated conversations and moving boldly in the direction of our magnificent dreams. For far too long, women have been conditioned to soften their words, modify their actions, and show up in the world to conform to outdated at best and harmful at worst, cultural norms and ideals. Why? To keep those who are outside of the power structures from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence. This has prevented women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. The She Leads Podcast is here to shine the light on All the incredible women, to encourage us to show up, speak up, and showcase the amazing work we do, speak with confidence about the innovative and transformational thoughts that we have, and celebrate the positive impact that we are making in this world, both personally and professionally. So let's do this. Let's lead. Hello, and welcome to the She Leads Podcast. The She Leads Podcast is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the podcast network for women by women. Next up, I'd like to introduce you to our next guest. Her name is Lindsay Lovell, and she is the... CEO and founder of The Millionaire's March. Lindsay is an expert real estate investor that guides other women to learn how to reach financial independence. I cannot wait to have this conversation today. Lindsay, welcome to the
1: She Leads podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Of course. So I am super excited. We have definitely had other people on the show that are real estate investors. And, you know, all that you hear is that real estate is like one of the best investments because it just keeps going up no matter what. So I would love to hear your perspective because you have a huge portfolio. You were able to achieve that, you know, million dollar mark and more at a very young age. And now through the Millionaire's March, you teach other women how to do it too. So can you take us back to how did you even get into this in the first place?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I bought Hook, Line & Sinker, that American dream that if you get good grades work hard you're going to have millions of dollars in the bank right we all grew up and i i did that i was valedictorian top of my graduating class in college and then i found myself working in a private equity firm where you know all the men around me and the few women on the deal side were making a lot of money and i didn't have the background or the gender to break in to being on the deal side i was on the op side i was a you know an executive assistant and I was getting more and more in debt, even though I was getting a little bit of a pay raise each year. I went back to school to get my MBA thinking, okay, maybe I got to work a little bit harder at that school thing, got more in debt and found myself pretty miserable, you know, again, small pay raise. And... That's when COVID hit. And at the time I was doing something that I love to do in my job. I had taken a risk, but I knew it wasn't going to be around forever. I was doing pharmaceutical sales and calling on cancer clinics. But mm. I think that's going to be obsolete in 10 to 20 years and I'm not going to be able to retire from it. So I always had that fear. But when COVID hit, I had the lucky opportunity to still be getting a paycheck while we learned how to pivot as an industry to be virtual, right? So I couldn't go marching into cancer clinics. And my husband said, you know, you like to be busy. You like to do, you know, I've always had different side hustles. I was doing consulting. Why don't you look into real estate? My friend Jason has a couple hundred doors, you know, and it it immediately sounded intimidating. Oh, this guy, and he's going to have a call with me. And he sent me this sheet with ROI and COC. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to learn this. And I just started listening to podcasts and resources like yours, like bigger pockets that were just willing, supportive mindset and the technical knowledge. I started doing that in May of 2020. And I bought my first house in July of 2020. And I was, yeah, very quick. And I was on my way. And the second that I saw it, you know, I think my biggest aha moment was looking back and saying, I don't know why I always felt that those men that I did private equity with, they were taking risks, they were investing, they were making their money work for them. I was just never taught to, I was too scared. Right. And it just never occurred to me that it was something I could do too until Mm. I started with real estate.
0: I love this so much. Uh, Your story about, you know, coming out of college, you know, being, being told to put your head down and work hard and you will be successful. It just, that, that didn't pan out for so many of us. It's so sad because we did, we worked so hard and we, You know, we we took a lot of things and dealt with a lot of things that we probably didn't have to deal with had we been coming out of college today. But Uh I I do think that one of the good parts about that is it allowed us to be resilient and we definitely know how to work hard. But same with you. I, I worked in, you know, the financial industry and I wasn't sort of going where I thought I would go fast enough. And so I said I need to get my MBA. And that's exactly what I did as well. And then, you know, I I hate to even admit this, but to this day, I still have debt from my MBA because I put it off and put it off and put it off. So yeah, it's still hanging over my head.
1: Well, I'm going to say, you know, part of me wishes I hadn't paid off all my debt because, you know, once you start looking at things, I'm going to guess your interest rates are probably lower than what you can make using that money, investing it elsewhere. So you know, in some yeah. ways, don't beat yourself up because as long as you're using your money smartly to make that delta, then you should not pay off
0: those in my opinion. True. True. You're 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 totally right. Okay. We'll we'll say <laughs> we'll <laughs> say that that was my strategy but it certainly wasn't. So, how did you and I I'm going to ask like really specific questions because yes. I think that that is something that is super helpful because we hear a lot and we see a lot on Instagram, you know. Oh yeah, I bought my first property and, you know, I borrowed this money from there and did this and paid it off and blah blah blah, and it all seems so easy, and it's it's not easy, and you have to be, you have to know exactly what it is that you're doing, or otherwise you could get yourself into a lot of trouble. So how, and and you may have had some money to put down at this point. I'm not sure, but you know, just thinking about, okay, if you did have some debt that you were paying off, how were you able to uh, get the funds in order to put down a pay, a down payment on on your first. Property and and what did that look like and how did you make sure this is multi part how did you make sure that you knew you were going to get the you know funds back in in rental payments
1: yeah so you know nothing is ever one hundred percent guaranteed but you can run your numbers at varying levels of being conservative so I like to say real estate is a very simple math equation. Don't be intimidated, Mm. right? You don't have to have been a math genius or taking advanced calculus, but it's all about the variables that you put in and how conservative you want them to be to give you a level of comfort in the output that you're getting. So going back to a little bit of what you very first started with when we opened this this conversation is, you know, hear everybody say, oh, it's the it's the best if you're in real estate. And one of the things I want to remind people and, and a little bit to your point is I like to share that real estate investing is the ideal one because using the acronym and we don't have to get into the, you know, the I is the income that you get every month. The D is the depreciation that you can write off in your taxes. So, you know, I think a lot of people focus and one of the details I would give you is to consider what is it going to save you on the back end in taxes, not just the mm-hmm. cash flow in front. Mm-hmm. E is the equity. We know we're all building and paying down. A is the appreciation. But then L, to your point, where do you get that money? Leverage. Is so Mm -hmm. important and it's not like I can go to Tesla and say, hey, I want $100,000 worth of your stocks. I want all of the cash flow and dividends, but I'm only going to pay you 20% down, right? Right? They look at me like I was crazy, but you can do that in real estate. Mm. So leverage is so important, but to your point, how do you make sure that you're borrowing it at the right number and it's going to work out at the right equation, right? So you hear so much right now about people saying, oh, these interest rates, it's crazy, it's crazy. But there's multiple variables and you're going to find as you do real estate, one goes up usually means another goes down or stays yeah. stable or the prices. So my advice to you and your listeners is first, find a great either mentor, mastermind community. There's so much free information out there. Find if you want a, a, a coach, like you mentioned, I coach and, and work with people because it's a great way to avoid those mistakes. I get to yeah. pass that on. And then start understanding what are those variables. So I would say, understand what the finance is gonna cost you, right? So a little bit about, is it gonna be 7%, 8% if that makes sense compared to what you think you're gonna make, what your cash on cash is gonna be. And that's gonna be the end equation. And if that difference makes sense, then you know, it's one of the checkboxes for a go. Second, find a market, right? One of the big things I do with my students, there's no perfect market, but there are markets that you're gonna take action in over others, I live in California, so all of my purchases, except for my primary, which we just did in December after all these years we were renting because the Delta didn't make sense to buy here. We've been renting for three years, even though we owned over a hundred doors elsewhere. My first property was long distance where you can buy homes for $65,000. Wow. And put some work into it. So I I share that to say your equation of what you're putting in as the cost of your house and your down payment doesn't have to be huge. Right. Right? Right. There's options. So find that market that works for you and, and your budget on different KPIs. You know What is the income growth? How is the median value of the homes gone? Look for trends over the past, You know since COVID. Mm-hmm. And then you start finding the people in your team would be the next step. So I think anybody that can find a rockstar real estate agent that's investor savvy, because there's a mm-hmm. difference between buying residential and buying investment, right? In investment, I it's all numbers. In residential, I need the kitchen and the school system to give me warm and fuzzies, right? It's very different. Yeah. I'm an agent that understands that. And you can build the rest of your team, your lender, your contractor, your property manager, that individual should be able to help you build out all of that team and understand the numbers. So I would say, you know, those are kind of the key foundational pieces to go out and start finding and learning Mm. in order to go ahead and be ready to take action.
0: This is so, that's so great. It's so practical as well. And all of those pieces that you mentioned, again, it's not, easy to do, right? Because you want to make sure that you're choosing like a great real estate agent that understands investments. You want to make sure you're trusting whatever contractor that it is that you're hiring. And I'm sure that there were some points along the way where there were challenges with that, especially if you're trying to do something long distance. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you might have run into along the way?
1: Yeah. You know, I always advise people don't jump into a full rehab gut for your first one long distance, yeah. right? right. <laughs> so you you can do turnkey, right? Sometimes it's a little bit harder to force the value and that's how I kind of did with Snowball and take money out by forcing the value doing contract. But you can very easily add value to a house with new flooring and new paint if you find the right one and minimal things that are much easier to manage a contractor from. Now, mm-hmm. it took me a little while to learn that, right? I would say, you know, one of my biggest lessons is... I paid a contractor up front for a fairly significant amount of you know, $10,000 of work. And he did part of it and disappeared into the wind. Oh my and goodness. unfortunately, there is literally no way to hold a lot of these contractors accountable. Yeah. Lawsuits and stuff, it just does not work. But yet they can turn around and put a lien on your house if you don't want to pay for what, you know. So it's, it's an yeah. interesting system. So, yeah. you know, my biggest thing that I learned after kind of hiccups with that is always make sure that you are paying in milestones after the work is complete you've verified yeah. it and you have it everything in writing in contract you have a unbiased party whether it's your real estate agent your property management that's there walking the property if you're not there to just make sure everything looks good and always hold back a little bit for those last little we call it you know the the blue tape Checklist of the last little things that they're not going to want to go back and finish because they're on to their next project, but you need them to finish. Yeah. So just being very organized, and you can cut it into the littlest milestones if that's how you feel comfortable.
0: Yeah. Now, when you when you managed the you know purchased and then managed these properties from afar, did you go and visit at any point?
1: So I bought all of my houses. Thus far, have been sight unseen. Um, wow. because again, for me it's a math equation, right? My my duty as a landlord is to provide clean and safe. Yep. Right. And places that people are gonna want to rent. And so that's when you partner closely with a property management or real estate agent to understand what's gonna rent and watch the trends and figure out do you want a two one, a three one, a four two. But again, I don't need to see it beyond knowing that it's, you know, I have the inspection, I have the appraisal, you know, the two experts are telling me it's worth what you're paying and it's safe or here's what you're going to have to fix. So for me, yeah. I've gone and see, seen, and visited after the fact, but it, it took me probably till I about had 10, 15 homes before I went and visited the first market I was in.
0: This is so exciting. that this, this, <laughs> this sounds like so much fun. I mean, I know it's probably a lot to manage and, and deal with, but it does, it sounds like a lot of fun. Now you, when you say a hundred doors, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. And so this was what I also want to tell people is you're going to hear when you start listening to these podcasts and everything, people are going to be like, I have a thousand doors. I have, you know, 500 doors. Don't get intimidated because often (laughs) people buy into 800 door apartment complex. And so they will suddenly say, I own 800 doors, but really Ah. they own 3% in a group funding of, you know, so when I say I have a hundred doors, it means I fully a hundred percent own a hundred doors, whether that's, you know, eight doors are in an eightplex that I own. I have a couple duplexes, but in terms of every single unit that I rent and own, I have I have a little over a hundred give or take Amazing. on the month. Yeah. So it's Amazing. been it's been a lot of finding Congratulations! You can scale quickly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you.
0: That's so much. That's it's just so much fun. It's great. It's so exciting and inspirational to hear because I do think that this is a place where you know women can really thrive. Because I do think that we have gut instincts about certain things, especially when it comes to you know homes and property. There's things that we observe. I think around neighborhoods, even just kind of looking online, that other people might not pick up on.
1: Totally agree.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about uh also real estate syndicates. We've had some people on the show that their primary the primary way that they invest in real estate is through real estate syndicates. But the more that we hear about this stuff and the more that we get comfortable with it and we hear it from different people, I think the the better it can sink in and and that we can be comfortable with it and say, "Well, maybe that's maybe that's my way in," right? Maybe I don't have to buy a property on my own and do this on my own?
1: 100%. And that's the beauty is there's so many different ways. And I'm glad you asked because we actually have a syndication company called G6 Capital. And basically what a syndication is, is somebody like myself and my business partner, we will find typically you want to make sure that you're investing in one that already has the deal up front. And we'll come to you and say, for X amount of dollars in whatever slice of the pie we're offering, you want to buy. Here's the estimated annual return. Here's, you know, some of them will offer tax benefits. Here's what you can expect. And it will have an entry date and an exit date. And they can be anywhere from two years to typically, you know, 10 years. Ours run from five to seven years. And you are joining as what is called an LP, which means limited partner. Meanwhile, those running it, I'm a GP, so general partner. So I'm doing the work. I'm you know, sending out the updates, I'm managing the managers or managing the asset myself. And in theory, you get to sit back, you own a piece of this, you're not doing any of the work, but you're getting the financial benefit. Now, obviously, what the the price to you is, is that, you know, you're, you're paying a management fee, or there's certain fees that are paying the team that's managing the deal and taking on the risk and the time. But it's a great way where, you just need to make sure that you do your upfront diligence, understand the asset, understand the group that you're buying in because you're investing in the people as much as the asset. Yep. And then in theory, if you do all of that right up front, you know, you should be able to sit back and, and watch your investment grow and work for you.
0: Yeah. So I, I think I got it. So, you know, it's, it's sort of taking a piece of, you know, the deal and then what you're, buying into is also the the other person who's taking on a lot of the risk and the responsibility of managing this. Um, And so as somebody investing in it, you're also paying the fees, but you're getting a return on the back end. And the question that I wanted to ask is, uh, in order to invest in a real estate
1: syndicate, do you as an individual need to be an accredited investor? Great question. So there's going to be different types. So the ones that we run, you did not need to be it had to be friends and family. And, okay. and again, so like you said, it's good for people to hear it again. So accredited means you have either, I think, a million dollars net worth or make over $250,000 a year. And so that's some of the outlines that make you accredited. For yeah. unaccredited, you have to find funds like ours or others, or if, you know it's done through sort of friends and family or hearing it through this and then approaching me, we established a relationship. But there are definitely ways to get in. And that's that's what actually was part of the passion of starting this was often, not only do you need to be accredited, but the entry point for a lot of these syndications that are out there can be 50, 100,000, $250,000, which A is a lot to put in yeah. on your and B is just a lot of money, period, to have. Yeah. And so yeah. we started off doing it with as low as, you know, 10 to $20,000, Because Mm. I was really passionate about getting friends that were single moms, friends that were just getting started, get them the opportunity to be able to get in and experience this and have the benefits that sometimes is just really for an elite class. Yes, and so really, it just there's to your point, you can find both. It may be a little bit harder to find those that need unaccredited investors or are willing to take that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's such great
0: information because I actually did not know that. I did think that the answer to the question was that you had to be an accredited investor in order to invest in this. And it's it's great to hear that you don't need to be. And I think the other thing that is really terrific is that you're putting this together for women because it is so important for us to build financial wealth, financial independence. You know, you read so much about when when women make money, when women have wealth, we don't just go out and spend the money on toys. We do things that help our community, right? We help our families. We help our community. We help to make the world a better place. And I think that that's why it's so important for women to just invest in general. And there are so many different types of ways to invest that this is just another option. And so I would say almost to, you know, the audience that's listening in, if this appeals to you, then learn about this. You don't need to know about derivatives or futures or short sales or anything like that. You don't need to go down a path of finance that you don't understand. But it is important for you to understand something that is important to you that you can build your wealth with it
1: like I want to hammer that point home 100 percent. understand velocity of money and then figure out your way that you're going to give your money that velocity and it's funny that you say that because before I got in real estate at the pandemic I was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna day trade I'm gonna learn I didn't want to learn ger- derivatives I didn't understand you know and I was like I started losing money my husband was like no no this let's point you in a different direction it just wasn't my passion Maybe it's somebody else's, but there's so many different ways. And, you know, another very simple thing that I think a lot of us aren't aware of is you can take your 401k from a previous employer, roll it into a self-directed IRA and use that to invest or use that to loan to hard money uh, as hard money to investors like myself. You write the check. You get it back in a certain amount of time. It's leveraged and guaranteed with a property. It's one of my favorite things to do with my IRA and 401k money.
0: Yeah, that is, oh my gosh, that is so good. And I guess the the with everything, you have to do a lot of research because no matter what, anything could happen and God forbid this investment doesn't pan out. You just have to understand, well, what does that mean then for your retirement account? And it it doesn't mean that you end up poor. It's just that you have to understand the risk reward equation and make an informed decision. And I would also say, like you did, like you went out and you did the research on your own, you learned about it. And we as women need to learn about these things and not be intimidated by all of the different lingo. Because even it's, you know, second nature to you, but even saying, you know, 100 doors, it's almost like, oh my God, well, what the heck is she talking about? You know? <laughs> um, so and, true. So it, and don't be afraid, just like I did to say, well, what do you mean by 100 doors? Because oftentimes, I don't think people are trying to intimidate you. It's just shorthand. It's like anything else. When you're in the industry, you just throw some terms around but you're not trying to harm or hold back information from people but sometimes i do find that a sweeping statement cuz it's not all but there are certain maybe class of people or men or or something that they don't want to necessarily share the information with you so avoid those people and find the people that are willing to share the information because this is not this is not meant for just a few. This is meant for all. And we need to take advantage of these things.
1: And I think one of my favorite things about getting involved and getting in this is that in general, the real estate community is so excited to happy and share and pay it forward. And the women that I have connected with through this, we're all in it together. You know, uh, definitely a mindset of as the tide rises, all boats rise. And so don't be afraid. And if you're asking and you're kind of getting a weird feeling from so move on. There's so many of us that are excited to help because we've all been in those shoes before.
0: Yeah, this just seems like such a, a great thing. And the other thing that I like about it too is that you don't need to put all of your eggs in that basket. You can still... Have a job. You can still, you know, have your own business and play around in this a little bit to learn. And even, you know, ten thousand dollars is is not nothing. Definitely have to save for that and, and put that aside, or like you're saying, use a, a rollover into a self-directed IRA and use that money. But you do have to sort of take a little bit of a risk. And I would say that it's not even really a risk because it's it's more risky to just put your money in a savings account that's making nothing. It's doing absolutely zero for
1: you. Absolutely. And, you know, I also encourage people, I, again, I great student bought what was told to me and it was, okay, put money in your 401k. And then later on as a adult, as I started getting into this, I read the book, Killing Sacred Cows, that is all about how 401ks and things like that are new, we have yet to actually see a generation retire on them and then be successful. Mm. And they may not be as guaranteed of a thing as, as we think. Right. So I, you know, I'm huge in diversification and you can diversify even inside of real estate in terms of markets and asset class. But 100%, I encourage people have at least a small part of your portfolio in some way tied into real estate. I think it's a great way yeah. to start.
0: So good, so let me also ask you, you mentioned a couple of, I think you mentioned a podcast um, in the beginning. Do you have a couple of go-to resources that either got you started or or that you turn turn back to you know time and time again?
1: Yeah, so I think the big one that everybody you know is the really well known one in real estate is bigger pockets. so hmm. they bigger pockets rookie. So that's great for just getting started. It's going to be people talking about their first couple of deals. And again, when I first listened to it and I heard them talk about this Burr method, BRRR, I was like, they're literally speaking Mandarin. And so I yeah. just encourage everybody, just listen to it. Just absorb it. You'll, um, you'll pick up the lingo. What are wholesalers? And just remember, we all started there. I didn't know what that was either. Right yeah. now I throw it out, forgetting that that's a, a really funky acronym. So bigger pockets, and then they ha- so bigger pockets rookie, and then they have bigger pockets, which is like for people maybe uh, with a couple more doors. Now that we know what yes. that's about, yes. um, they have a great website uh, that's free. You don't have to sign up, but there's uh, forums and everything there. I think that's great. If and when you're starting to you know work on that math equation, they also have great calculators on there for underwriting deals and for finding agents. And then I also really like a tool called Deal Check dot IO. And that's another great calculator that makes it very simple to put in. It pulls in the address and all the data for you of any, you know, straight from Zillow. And you can start to just tinker around and get an idea of what it feels like to explore deals. Amazing.
0: Now, can you also talk a little bit because I'm I'm like getting more and more excited about this. It's it's funny. It's I I think use this podcast for a multitude of reasons, uh, mainly so that I can learn about other things and then share that knowledge with with other women. This is what I'm here to do. But I have had several people on that are in this world because I really do want to understand it better. So in the Millionaire's March, can you talk a little bit about what that is? Is it a community? Is it a one-on-one? Tell us everything that you do and how you help women.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Millionaire's March is my one-on-one coaching because I think everybody's coming from a different place, right? I work with women that own their primary but have never thought about it as, you know, cash flow and an investment. So they don't need to understand an escrow and how to put an offering because they've already been there, right? I work with a lot of individuals that are totally fresh Mm -hmm. to never having really even delved into this and so what we do is we uh, meet one-on-one and then work out a roadmap in terms of you know what are your steps finding a market what are the kpis that are important to you how do you build a team long distance if if investing is that way that you're going to go what does an offer look like what are the different levers that you can pull when making those negotiations and then, okay, now I own the house. How the heck do I get it filled? How do I manage the tenants? Right. And how do I scale and put systems in place? And so that is what the uh, millionaires March is all focused on. So I work with students just on an hourly basis because I don't want anybody to be locked in for something longer that they don't need or, you know, shorter than, than they do need. So it's really individualized. And um, as I'm getting started, it's been great to connect uh, everybody. And so this year I want to start, you know, just a group chat uh, and that type of thing yeah. for previous alumni and current students to build some more of that, that community. Um, and I will throw it out there, even though that. the Millionaires' March was, thank you, founded to focus on women. I have had men approach And I want to give them a shout out for, you know, being like, hey, I, you know, I'm not afraid to kind of jump in and I want to be part of this group, too. And so I do have uh, gentlemen students as well. And I think, you know, having a perspective and they probably learn great from being surrounded by all women and bring a nice touch to the group as well.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting phenomenon because even with She Leads which is, you know, very much like women, I love men, I love the diversity of perspective. The whole idea behind She Leads is to to get us to be on par with everybody so that we're we're just not, you know, behind, right? It's not about not not liking men or respecting them and it's funny there are definitely men that are attracted to what happens in the she leads community, and I see actually a lot of young men because I teach at NYU and at Rice, and I see a lot of young men, you know, coming up to me like, "Do you, you know, do you help men too?" Because I, I think it's just, I think it's maybe like this empathetic, like we're all in this together approach that that draws them in. So I, I love that there's diversity even within that because it shouldn't be, oh, we're trying to take men down. No, we're, we're all trying to, you know, sort of be, have play on a, a level playing field. Um, so that is super interesting that there are also men in, in your, you know, student body and alumni yeah. and everything. That's so great. Thank you. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else that that maybe I didn't ask you because I wanna, you know, I'm not an expert in this, this field. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the, the She Leads podcast audience?
1: I think it's just, you know, it can sound intimidating, but to your point, when you said, take a look at what you, you know, if it's $10,000, is it $20,000? Take a look at what you would feel comfortable investing in real estate. Yeah, and sit down. And I, instead of saying a deadline, I like to say an action line. Pick a date at which you are going to take action because it is so easy. One of the, the catch-22s of having all of this great access to communities and knowledge and resources is I know so many people that we've been friends for years now and they're five years later still underwriting deals and thinking about getting involved. And I'm like, if you had bought five years ago, think about where you would be now there's yeah. such an opportunity cost. So, you know, yes. I would say the best thing you can do is find an accountability partner, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a, you know, a paid coach or somebody you connect with or a mentor or join a local real estate meetup and have them hold you accountable that you're going to take action. And it, and by action, it means simply doesn't that have to be that you suddenly are locked into a house, but placing an offer, finding yeah. a real estate agent, right? Mm-hmm. So it can seem very daunting. But break it down. What are your first steps, right? And maybe map it out. I'm going to give myself two months to listen to podcasts. Then I'm going to give myself a month to decide what strategy am I going to do? Turnkey, little renovation. Then I'm going to give myself a month to do market research, right? Mm -hmm. And map it out and break down what can be a really intimidating end goal into baby steps. But I've laid a lot of that out here with that. So now just act on it, you know, and don't let 2025 come in without you having taken action on it
0: that's such great advice. It's, it's literally entrepreneurship advice, right? Like we talk so much about the practice of entrepreneurship. You can, you want to plan, right? You don't want to just jump in, not knowing what you're doing, but you can get stuck in the planning. And yes. entrepreneurship really requires us to take action, to put something out there, to learn so that we can then, you know, modify, iterate, and make something better or, or more valuable. And it's, it's the same, right? It requires action. And I, I love the, the phrase that people talk about. It's the same with real estate. Like, when's the best time to invest in real estate? 10 years ago or 20 years exactly. ago. What's the second best time? today. <laughs> I
1: yeah. love that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so good. It's so good. Well, listen, Lindsay, I want to thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us here today. I cannot wait. I am definitely putting this on my to-do list and to take action list for 2024. So I'm going to actually throw that out there to the She Leads community. You know, if there's anybody else that's listening in that wants to maybe do a little research together, maybe do some planning together, you know, contact me. And I'm sure that Lindsay would uh, be very happy
1: to kind of give us some
0: advice.
1: Yes. And so it teed it up perfectly. I was going to say, you know, one of my passions that I get out of this, not just, you know, the financial, but the connection. And so if any of your listeners want to go to Millionaire's March free strategy session, you can grab 30 minutes on my calendar, to just connect. Let's chat. Let's see what direction I can point you in and help and hear your story because that, that feeds my soul as much as uh, hopefully is helpful for you. So please feel free to do that. And I would love to connect with you and whoever else joins you in that sort of challenge there.
0: I love this. And you know what? That is the perfect first action step to take, especially if you're offering it complimentary for 30 minutes. That is of extreme value. So thank you so much for for talking about that, because I think think there are many of us that are listening that are going to take advantage. So you might be overwhelmed with calls. So Lindsay, thank you so much for just spending your time with us here today. And I really enjoyed this conversation. You've got me jazzed up
1: to take action. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you. Have a great one.
0: This and all of our episodes are brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network. The podcast network for women by women. Thanks so much for listening to the She Leads podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support us, please share it with others, make a personalized post about what you took away on social media, and please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. This helps our guests and our show to continue to gain visibility and traction. To learn more about how She Leads Media helps women to gain visibility, you can follow us on Instagram at She Leads Media, or you can head on over to SheLeadsMedia.com. If you'd like to network with me and other amazing women, don't forget to join us each year for the She Leads Live conference. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.